everyone. I'm Bill Publes, and this is the Connect and Grow with Dr. Bill podcast. And I'm here today with Ellie Howarth. Ellie, it's great to have you. And uh, we've been talking for a long time, not about this podcast, but just uh, I've known you for at least two years, three years, right? Uh, you've been taking classes at the Biblical Studies Center. And um, uh, it's a fun story how I, I got to meet you and how you ended up here in the first place. And now you're uh, an intern here at the Biblical Study Center, mm-hmm. and you've been fabulous for someone like me who's kind of the scatterbrained, absent-minded professor who doesn't know where to start <laughs> on stuff. You're somebody who who dives in and says, let's get this done. Let's start here. And so I really appreciate having you, but uh, welcome to the podcast. Well, thanks for having me. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, well, there's so many directions we could go, but you know, this podcast is meant to be something where we're connecting with God, people, and ideas. And in really, when I'm talking with someone else, it's about connecting with a person. And that, to me, is so much about what we're trying to accomplish here for the Kingdom of God at the Biblical Studies Center, and that is it's a place to connect and grow. And I think those are... Uh, inextricably bound to each other. You don't uh, grow without connection, and you don't connect without some kind of growth if it's genuine connection. So that's why we're here. And like I say, you've been a great part of the ministry. You've seen things uh, grow and expand a little bit, and you've been on a journey uh, from coming here and starting in... Do you remember the first class you took here? Yes, it was First Corinthians. Oh, First Corinthians. That was your first class. That was okay. my first class. I thought it was going to be apologetics. You were going to say, but not that. That too. Well, oh, those yeah. I took them at the same time. Ah, apologetics okay. and yeah. First Corinthians. Okay, there you go. So, well, that's really what I wanted to talk to you about today and find out a little bit more about is your journey. Um, I will share a little bit of backstory. Uh, your dad is a chaplain for the Air National Guard. Your dad, Ian, and. Uh, he just came in here one day saying, what's this place? And is there any possible connection that probably shocks you about your dad that no. he would do something like that? Right? Him in college, nuh <laughs> He cares about education. Yes. Yeah, I have a dad like that too. Um, he uh, came in and just wanted to find out if there's any way we could partner or what we offer here. And um, it, it ended up that uh, we were offering accredited classes to college students for free. And you at the time were only... 16. 16, yeah. Yep. And, uh, but we got you in here and you started taking classes. And, and as of this summer, you are wrapping up your certificate of biblical studies here. Yes. In fact, your internship here is you're getting a ministry practicum for it. And those are your final three credits. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'm trying to see how we can up that certificate to be maybe covered in gold leaf or something oh, to really add you. value for you. But uh, Perfect. <laughs> Well, so talk about uh, talk a little bit about your journey and you know kind of where you you're from, how you grew up, and and what God's been doing in your life uh, yeah. recently too. Yeah, so I um, from Baker City, Oregon, small town, two hours from here, and I um, yeah, I grew up Christian home, went to church, went to a Christian school. My church was the place I went to school at. I did Royal Rangers and Missionettes there. I did youth group there. I was there seven days of the week, every day. Um, Does Royal Rangers have like a little oath or a song or anything? They have a few different things. Uh, One of the things I remember was like ready to worship, play, serve, obey, clean. I don't know. It was, I never got it. I always forgot it. Oh, you forgot it. Yeah. But, uh, cause it was mainly for boys, but I got to 
join in like two years and it totally ruined it. But it was fine. They should not have allowed girls. <laughs> Wait, you into ruined it, it or it ruined uh, it? Allowing girls into an all boys thing ministry for boys is probably a good way to ruin it because oh. <laughs> um, they do have things for girls too but yeah it was good and um yeah, i just grew up moving up a lot moving a lot i moved a lot in my hometown and then about five years ago uh we moved to idaho god just was like laid it out on my parents heart for us to to go and i was 12 and I just was like, nah, we're not going. And 12 weeks later, got, or not even 12, three weeks later, our house sold. Um, and next thing we knew, we we're moving to Boise. Didn't even have a house yet. Um, and then within like that next week, God gave us a house. We didn't know that school started a month earlier. And then um, one of the people in my hometown said that their niece and nephew went to Coal Valley. And my brother and I went there for a year. And that's a Christian school, local Christian yes, school. Cool yeah. Valley Christian School. Yep, local Christian school. And so, what grade was that for you? That was my eighth grade year, eighth grade, okay. and my brother's ninth grade. Yeah, and it was um, a really weird time because uh, my dad ended up deploying at the end of that year, and um, I my heart was just to go back to Baker my whole time. So I made a lot of good friends, and um, still have them today. Still hang out with them today, uh, but. I just didn't think that I was going to be permanent. So, And we ended up moving once my dad deployed. My mom wanted to be with her family. So then we moved to Salem, Oregon, and then back to Baker. And we've moved like 12 times in the past five years. Wow. Um, so it's been a lot all between Idaho, Baker, Salem, back to Idaho, back to Baker. Uh, and then for me, I did also did my like YYM in Colorado for nine months as well. So I kind of count that as my move because I brought everything I owned there and <laughs> was planning on staying a long time. But yeah, like through that, God really did a number on my heart. Um, had to really change my heart and my expectations of um, thinking that I my plan was better and not understanding why God had me move so much and all those things you go through when junior high, because it's always hard for everyone, mm-hmm. no matter what. Um, but then, yeah, the year my dad deployed, that was definitely hard. Um, where, where did he go? He went to the United Arab Emirates. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, for six months, which I'm. we're just thankful for. It was only six months, because uh, most people, if you're other branches, would have to go 12 months to 18 to even longer. So six months was perfectly long enough for my family um but yeah it was very hard for my mom so she wasn't able to to really be the the strong person in the family and Mm. so then if my brother or I had issues she wouldn't be able to handle it so it kind of became a thing where I was like okay I'm hurting my mom can't handle it be tough and I almost took on like a man of the house role but not really I just think that's easier to explain it as the tough. I had to be tough. I didn't cry. I didn't let anyone in. I was a hard wall of Mm. anxiety, depression. It was a mess. And so, um, yeah. And then as we just... That was your ninth grade year then or eighth, tenth? When was that? Um, that was, yeah, that would have been the start of my ninth grade year. Um, and then, yeah, we moved to Salem, was six hours away from all my friends and family and 
I, you know, I, I know your mom well enough to know. I think of her as a highly competent. Yes. I mean, she's strong, competent, intelligent. She's yeah. a leader. She is. And yet, that speaks to when you lose someone in the family like that for that long. Yeah. It it just there's a vacuum there, right? It is. Well, and my <clears throat> mom and dad are best friends, and so to see that like they've always had each other even mm-hmm. if other people didn't have our backs like I remember people we'd be close to would tell my parents how they're ruining my brother and I's lives for moving us and we're that they're not doing what God has asked and it's just been one of those things that people have always said we're doing the wrong thing but God has blessed it so much that we know without a doubt this is what mm. God had and that's why you just you can't always listen to people who don't know your mm-hmm. heart and that really don't have the right to speak into that place always. It may um, mean well, but they don't yeah. have a fuller perspective of it. Exactly. So I, I think about that too. Uh, I know my mom growing up, her dad worked for Northwest Airlines and they moved everywhere. And yeah. her thing was, I when we, I want to stay put. And they built a house in 1970 and they're still there. <laughs> so that's <laughs> yeah. a lot of years ago. That's a lot. But that was important to her. Mm-hmm. Um, talk, maybe talk a little bit about what those moves, and I know it's hard right now mm-hmm. to have a full perspective on it when you're still kind of in it or just kind of out of it and you mm-hmm. can't quite understand what it maybe it did or didn't do or how it affected you. But talk talk about what you do know and what you maybe what you think mm-hmm. uh, took place during that for you and how it uh, interacted with your personality and then mm-hmm. maybe how God worked through that. Yeah, it's good. I, my personality used to be the kind of non-flexible personality where I didn't like change my way or the highway um, and just really bonded in religion, I would say, Hmm. that I felt like this is what I was taught, this is what I had known, and it just had to be this way because that was what I was used to. And so when we did move, it took me out of my comfort zone obviously but it had to break off a lot of that too of um no longer saying that I trust God but actually having to because there was all the unknown and so I think the moving just brought so much unknown and it kind of was super overwhelming um because I think everyone goes to unknown, but I don't feel like I've ever known anything that was going on in my life. And then it's like the moment I do think, so God's like, actually, we're going a different direction. Um, but yeah, it's it has been God just healing, I mm. think. Moving has healed me and changed me and grown me and has allowed me to become flexible. Mm. Um, and if God asked me tomorrow, let's go here, I'd be ready. And that's mm-hmm. really, I think, what God's showing me, the stance of Christianity. If God asked you tomorrow, if if he needed you to go somewhere, are you ready to go? Mm-hmm. Um, and are you willing to leave things behind and say goodbye to people um, and to do it in a way that's well and not going to burn bridges? Because mm-hmm. I've also burned a lot of bridges. Um, and so having to learn how to healthily keep relationship and just saying, this is what God's calling me to do. You can support me. I need to go. I love you. Goodbye. Um, but yeah, it's been very good of teaching me flexibility. So the flexibility, that actually, that makes sense because mm-hmm. you have to adapt. Yeah. How 
how has it been healing to maybe dive into what you meant by that? Yeah. Um, so when we did move, it just caused a lot of depression and anxiety. Um, and I would actually say this is the first year that I've, I've snapped out of it. I actually feel like I'm fully back mm. to being me and the best that walking the potential that God has had for me. And, um, it's been healing in the way of God had to become my reliance. My mom and my dad, even though they love me, they couldn't understand the depth of the pain in my heart. They didn't understand why it was hard for me, what I was going through. They didn't understand, um, all to the extent of my loneliness and where I was at. And so, um, and during that time too, God just, I guess just healing me in, in ways that it was just like, Ellie, you can grow with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and even in my lowest points of wanting to like walk away from God, I just knew I never could because God was always there and protecting me. And then I just know like rebellion is a huge thing with that too. And mm-hmm. I felt so rebellious wanting to hurt my mom in a lot of ways because my dad was gone and I felt like all oh, this was my mom's fault because I had to have someone to blame. And so my rebellious heart wanted to just fall all these fleshly desires. And I remember just one night I was super lonely. I was going to leave the house. It was like 2.30 in the morning and I was 14 years old at this point. And I just went up to the door, unlocked it, and I was going to leave. I said, I don't care what happens to me, God, I'm going because I just wanted to hurt my mom. And as I started to step out of the house, God stopped me with a vision and showed me everything that was going to happen to me or that could happen. And he said to me, Ellie, you still have your choice. You can have that life or you can trust that even though you have no clue what I have for you, that it's going to be much better than that. And so I was like, okay, I still feel rebellious, God. I still have issues with my mom, but I shut the door and I locked it and I went back to bed that night. Mm -hmm. And it's that moment that has kept me from rebelling and ruining my life because I knew without a doubt that God loved me enough to keep me from doing that that night, that he would do it every single night after that. Mm -hmm. Wow. (laughs) That's powerful. You know, it's hard how I know you. I mean... You're pretty much your sweet Ellie. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> now I know I know enough about you too to know that there's a there's you've got kind of a bedrock granite of stubbornness down there too. Oh yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I appreciate that you know that that honesty of admitting and being able to be real about the fact that you're just doing you just want to hurt someone mm-hmm. and it's you know it's not being rebellious because you want to go behind the barn and smoke or something. It's just you want. To, there's payback, and you're going to find how to do it. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Praise God that He met you at that moment. Yeah. That's that's it's, really it, powerful. It was because there's a lot of kids at 14 that they go out that door. Yeah. And maybe never come back. Yeah. Um, or don't come back until there's been a lot of. I've heard. They wake up in the pigsty eating slop, going, "Hmm, this isn't what I'd planned," you know. Yeah. Well, that that's that's amazing, and I I know course where you're at now it's always funny to me to go back funny insightful i suppose to go back and talk about when you first met someone because you know those first impressions are very strong and mm-hmm. then you, but you go back and you fill in you fill in the backstory later yeah. and so you where were you at when you said okay i'm taking first corinthians and i'm taking apologetics like you showed up and you know yeah i had no idea that here is a young person who 
almost walked out of her house at 2.30 and, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, you just seemed like, oh, she's kind of looking for some enrichment classes. And yeah. um, and I say it that way. I know that that's not true. I know that yes. everyone has a story and I'm always waiting to hear it. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you see where people are at when they walk in and they're smiling and they're very presentable and you think, yeah. wow, she's got her act together. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I'm glad it came off that way. <laughs> yeah. No, when I came to the BSC, that was definitely one of my lowest points I think um, that is quotable <laughs> yeah honestly it well, oh, oh be, not because no, you came to the BSC no no because it was one of my lowest points <laughs> you know I think God just God knew um my dad was I was at a point where I was very I just couldn't do anything anything my parents wanted me to do or brought up I just said no no and then the things that like my dad even had to go with me at some point. I remember I was trying to play basketball for the public school. I cried. I couldn't even, at like 15 years old, I couldn't even go into the gym without my dad with me. I was crying mm-hmm. so bad and anxious. And so that just kind of continued and I had no purpose and I just didn't have anything motivating me. Um, and I had known at this point, like I had had conversations with my dad. He had asked me if I was depressed and I just, I hated that word because I felt like that was the trend. Everyone's mm-hmm. depressed. Great. Um, Do you think you knew that you were? or I did. I just don't like following in the trends. I really don't. And so it, <laughs> Everybody's depressed. You're, yeah. you're, you're rebelling against depression. Right. Yeah. And, okay. and I'm also that, that, like you said, stubborn where mm-hmm. I just, I'm like, if I admit it, then it's true. And I will deny, deny, deny that this mm-hmm. is what I am, what's happening. And so, yeah, my dad had a conversation and that was like, just asked me if I was depressed and I broke down crying and said, well, I don't think so. And he's like, well, <laughs> are you sad and lonely? And I was like, well, yeah, that's me. Now he your said, dad deals with this because he deals with PTSD, depression, yeah, marriage problems and in, in the military. He, he has, he has a few cues that he can, he <laughs> can check in on. Yes, exactly. And so it was good. And my dad's always been that person where if that kind of stuff is happening in my life, I can always go to um, and confide. Um, And I just had a lot of um, trust issues with my mom when I was younger. And we're much better now, um, Mm. which is good. But yeah, my dad helped me with that. And so then when I got to the BSC, that was one of those things that my dad's trying to find me purpose again. Good for him. And I knew, but it was like, I know it's going to be good for me. Why wouldn't I want to go in a class and learn more about God? So I, um, yeah. So you were a little guarded, maybe even a little hard-hearted, or you were somewhere in there. Yeah. Not fully embracing it, at least. Yeah, no, I wasn't. I definitely did not put effort in at all. I really, (laughs) it's amazing. And I think that's why I shared in the past where it wasn't even necessarily in the class it was afterward where it was the most impact Mm -hmm. because during that time I didn't know how and I was a really bad high school student I was just trying to get done so I did my college work like I did my high school which was like nothing I never put effort in I didn't do anything I wouldn't have graduated high school without Quizlet and Mathway (laughs) and Brainly.com I'm doing better in college now so um, and so it was like after your classes that I really started mulling over, what did I just go through? And mm-hmm. then just seeing the applications that God was actually using it and speaking to me regardless of 
You Me mean thinking so. After the semester or mm-hmm. after the... Oh, so it was complete the whole semester? Oh, yeah. So what were you like during that semester? I'm trying to think back. I mean, I thought you were... Yeah. Well, they were, were engaged and asking questions. and Yes. Well, and especially in the Bible classes that we took, First Corinthians and Hebrews, um, apologetics was just really over my head. Oh, but afterward, that's I, on me. I apologize. No, it wasn't you. I, I apologize I had for just, apologetics. I had never heard of apologetics until your class. And so it, for me, it was really just so much. I can still remember the Kalam cosmological argument. Woo-hoo. I have no idea what it is, Goosebumps. but I still remember I did the presentation on it. Um, no, but it's, it was so good. And like God has continued to show me through apologetics himself. And that was just the stepping stone of that. But with the, the Bible classes for me, that was the most engaging because it's God's word. It's living mm-hmm. and active, you know? And so, it that every week just to I've never had just gone and analyzed a book before circling what was interesting to me and like having that discussion of wow that person got that with it I had never thought about it that way and so for that I was it was really engaging I just wasn't living up to my potential with it Mm -hmm. and so I knew how to in a sense, play the game. I hid it very well for a long time, even though my parents were concerned mm. the, about me. The it you were hiding was... Depression. Depression. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. And so I just was pretty much like a third of myself for like five years. I just pushed it all away, all the hurt, all everything, mm. because, and then just functioned where I needed to function. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. There can be such a severe pressure just to function um i know in (laughs) one of the (laughs) brilliantly uh low point uh parts of my own marriage was and and i have laurie had to refresh my memory on this one (laughs) because i remembered it differently but i basically said to her (laughs) at a time of the fact that i'm laughing i just have a very oddball uh, i call i call it a uh uh, perpendicular sense of humor. You're always looking at things in a different angle. But um, I basically asked, I said, look, I need you to be functional right now when she's opening up her heart. <clears throat> Note to men, uh, not recommended. But uh, so you were hiding it. What allowed that? What, what, what finally allowed you to open up or where did you go? Where'd you find relief from that? Hmm. Yeah, so I think when I went to YWAM, Youth with a Mission, I learned a lot about my identity, and it just broke down a lot of walls. I mean, I remember my first night there, they kind of had a point where they ask you, this is going to be an intense time. Here's a line that you can cross. If you want to go through healing, you can cross that line. If not, you can go home. And I wanted that. I knew it was needed. And the first word that my leader got for me was, Ellie, you do not have to be tough anymore. And I was like, tough? (laughs) I'm not tough. Um, And then that's just been something when I went to Cambodia. Like, that was the exact thing that God told me when I needed to go home was, Ellie, you don't have to be tough anymore. Um, But it wasn't until... And this, would you trace this back to when your dad was deployed? Is that, do you feel like, is that yeah. when the toughness settled in? Yeah. Kind of cemented? For sure. When I was in my secondary school with YWAM, um, that's when I had, because like they have a f- Father Heart of God week, and most people have 
a lot of just breakthrough during that time because a lot of earthly fathers aren't very good. Um, but I just, I didn't have anything because my, my earthly father was so wonderful to me. And, um, and so when I was in my secondary school, that's when the Holy Spirit started to become more real to me. I didn't realize I didn't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And he brought up the things with my mom. Uh, started bringing back memories of my hurts and and things that I didn't realize that I was suppressing. So even though I didn't necessarily have like daddy issues with quotes, uh, (laughs) I had mommy issues. And um, that's when God showed me I was being really tough and needing to break that. But Have you talked about some of these things with your mom? Yeah, I have. I don't know. I don't think she knows the extent. I don't know. I'm trying to carefully talk about it. but yeah for the most part I've t- I've said all of these things to her um but I just know there's the right time also to yeah. to bring most of that up and I think now um we've been able to talk more about it recently even which has been wonderful cuz mm. I just always want that healing and I want her to know like I never I don't hate her I don't dislike her I I love my mom so much and she is more than just a mom she's my friend and um, even though I know that there is still some hurt there, mm-hmm. I know that we'll go through that healing in the right time. Wow, um, that's a neat, that's a very mature, faith-filled statement to make, <laughs> and I think you know you've been through enough that you can trust the Lord in it. But I think you know I'd say I don't care who your eleven best friends are if you're trapped in an elevator together. Yeah. It gets old real fast. Oh, yeah. And I think, you know, because I think of your fa- everyone in your family, I know each one of you, and I think you're wonderful people, but I can imagine <laughs> the, the stress point gets to a point where, you know, and, and yeah. she might, if I talk to your mom, might she say that you were, quote, not always the easiest daughter? I don't know. Um, I was an angel, Bill. <laughs> she would tell you that I was the okay. best daughter ever. Okay, yeah. <laughs> My little uh, tough angel. Oh okay. my gosh! Compared to Jonathan, I was definitely the more deviant child, uh, for sure. <laughs> no, I don't, Jonathan too, and that's really hard for me to believe. <laughs> no, Jonathan was that baby that like never g- crawled out of his crib until he saw me do it first. I taught him the real? bad. Ha- yes, it was <laughs> like I taught him the bad habits and how to be a bad child. So, <laughs> did your parents warn him to stay away from girls like his sister? <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe when he was little, I don't know anymore. None of those fast women crawling oh, out of their crib, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, yeah. I again, I, I I appreciate you being real about that because I mean, th- this is where people live. This is exactly the kind of thing I want to be able to discuss because. You know, we we got enough people talking about the weather, or the three quick easy points on how to be a perfect follower of God or something. But yeah. when it starts to get a little messy, is when you go, okay, how in the world does God's grace apply, and how do I get through it? What's the technique? How do I grow through something where mm-hmm. I'm in I'm in pain, I'm lonely, and now I'm doing things that actually are uh, counterproductive. I'm I'm fighting against the mm-hmm. very one that. I should be going to for comfort. So yeah. where, how did you come through that? You talked about being over in Cambodia. Yeah. And I know part of that story, too. You yeah, had yeah. to come back because of health reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, got very sick in Cambodia. But, yeah, I think I got... God put me in a lot of tough situations. Um, 
actually most like most people have a fantastic time in YWAM and I I did I can't deny everything good that happened to me and that's why I would still recommend it regardless of the bad but after that time there was some major hurt um hurts with my hometown hurts with YWAM um I had leaders in YWAM um who were kind of just fighting with my dad for a bit because we were trying to get my um YWAM schooling um college credit and I was told I was graduating, and all this stuff happened with my outreach, where I was supposed to go on a second one to complete everything, and a whole long story. I had my, I had people that I loved tell me, like, things that, uh, you know it's your parents' fault you're not getting to do this. Or I had one leader call me once and basically just tell me, you know, your name's coming up a lot around base, it's been a lot of drama. Why are you doing this? Do you honestly think you deserve to graduate at this point? Um, you're kind of being a drama queen. Your dad's being a jerk. Like, and these are his words. And I was just like, what? And at the time, I was 17. 17 years old. People that I loved and admired looking up to me, not helping me succeed, tearing me down. And I was just, I hit rock bottom. And I think that's when I knew, okay this, I can only do this with God. And I thought I had all these things and all that, but it was hitting rock bottom is what led me to be overcome, mm. overcome all of that. And sometimes you just have to hit rock bottom. Mm. And sometimes you don't want anything to go worse and worse. But if you don't allow yourself to hit rock bottom, sometimes you're going to prevent God's very best from happening. Even though. So the allowing that to happen, does that have more to do with, I mean, I, I'm assuming you're not meaning go out and make a bunch of bad choices until mm-hmm. you can't make another worse one. Yeah. You're talking about accepting the fact. Yeah. Somehow there's a moment where you have to be real enough to say, I, I this is bad. And, yeah. And the, you were talking about the hurt that mm-hmm. comes, this is a lot of relational. Yeah stuff that people have directed at you and yeah. either misinterpreted you or whatever yeah. that, wherever they're coming from. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's kind of been that thing where just that constant reminder throughout my whole life with my parents, without my parents, people have been against us and what God has called us to do. And that's when it can be so discouraging because you're like, these people, I thought they loved me. I thought they were for me. Why are they against me now? And it's not taking on the victim mentality because that's going to paralyze you from anything. But really going forward and being, okay, God, this must be where you have me because people I love who I know probably aren't intentionally trying to hurt me, first off, are Mm -hmm. saying these things. I must need to keep going forward. Mm. And just taking that all that hurt, all that confusion, and just saying, where do you have for me? Hmm. And like, where am I going? And things like that. But So I don't know my terms as well as I'd like, but you talk about victim mentality. That sounds more like a, a fighter mentality, which is, you know, <laughs> combative. Like, hey, we're going we're gonna to yeah. overcome this. We're going to, which, I mean, there's a, anything has two sides to the yeah. coin, right? A double-edged sword. Exactly. Because, um, you can say, well, if you're not going to be a victim, there's a point where you're in denial. You know, like yeah. the the knight from 
the Black Knight from Monty Python who has all his limbs chopped off and, yeah. you know, he's telling people not to run away from him, the cowards. You know, it's like yeah. he's in complete denial that he's uh, been completely incapacitated. Yeah. The other side is you can make a battle out of anything. Yes. And anything you see, there's a, uh, you know, there's a demon under every rock and there's an opponent yeah. behind every comment. So how have you navigated that? You know, how are, mm. when you're going through things and you say, well, they're well-meaning, maybe. Yeah. But definitely that that, that was yeah. a shot across the bow or that, that last yeah. comment stung. For sure. I, prayer. I had to always go to prayer and I always had my wise counsel because mm. um, there was a lot of times where I got really defensive. And I know something God has been teaching me is that if you're in the defense there's probably something wrong in your heart Um, because Jesus didn't get offended. He's not an offended God. And so I always have to take the look and then, and I might write my, my strongly worded letter and then delete it (laughs) first. Um, But I tend to pray and ask God, go to my wise counsel. This is how I'm feeling. I feel like this is a place where I need to fight and not take the step back this time. Mm. Would you pray with me? And what do you get? Mm. Or not even like telling them where I'm at is just being like, can you pray with me about whether this is a position of fighting or standing down? And for Mm. my family and I, it was a time to fight, but it can be so easy to take on that victim mentality because it's hard to not be like, God, why are why are all these things happening to me? Like, I thought you had this plan for me and I thought we were going to do this and almost manipulating. Like, God, I thought we were going to do this. But it, it's like if you're going to be a victim, play victim to God and he'll he'll change that right up real quick. Because um, <laughs> I, I don't want to ever come off as a victim to other people. Um, right. And I think that's partly just weakness for me. I don't like it. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, it's not godly. We're not called to be victims. Mm. Um, especially when we have a Jesus and a God who has saved us and took on all of that burden on the cross. Jesus was the ultimate victim and you don't hear, you don't view Jesus as a victim. You hear him as a sacrifice who loves Mm. us enough. And so we just need to take on that, that we have a God who's on our side and we can accept we shouldn't deny that what happened to us and we can accept that that shouldn't have happened, but it's not a place where we have to stay. Hmm. We're called to overcome. Yeah. Boy, that's so encouraging. I, we were talking earlier and you know, these are words that a lot of times I would expect to come from a 35 or 40 year old person <laughs> and here, how old are you today? 19. 19? Wait. I just turned 19. When was your birthday? June 30th. Oh. <laughs> okay, uh, note to self, uh, on a calendar. So happy, happy nineteenth, belated, a couple of weeks late, but no uh, problem. So you are um, nineteen, and you're bringing this kind of wisdom to the table. And I know you would not claim to be perfect. Oh, um, I think I'd claim it, Bill. I'm pretty great. <laughs> you, uh, we we've talked about this too. Um, but I, that kind of wisdom to me is encouraging. Um, and th- this flies in the face of the old, uh, it's very easy when you get older to just feel like the world is going to hell in a handbasket. All these things that used to be in place culturally and yeah. uh, in church and <clears throat> the prevailing worldview, oh, these things are, are all gone by the wayside and there's no hope anymore. 
And, you know, I read those things and I see them. And in some ways, there's that sense that we're on a ship that's out of control with the greater culture. Mm-hmm. But when you see people like you who are young people who are surrendering their lives to Christ and thinking clearly about how to how to navigate, uh, not just intellectually, but also emotionally and mm-hmm. relationally, that's there's a lot of encouragement. I mean, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing is to uh, find people like you and help them along, uh, help them along that process. So. And thank you for it. (laughs) Oh, well, for whatever my part has been, you're absolutely welcome. Mm -hmm. Let let me go back to that. So you started to reflect on things, what God was doing in your life and, and maybe opening up your heart just a little bit after that semester of taking apologetics and first Corinthians. Yeah. Um, What, what, was there a tipping point for you or a point where something clicked or released? I don't know what to call it. Uh, I think for me, when I learned who I was in Christ and all the the things that Jesus spoke over me my entire life, that was a tipping point. Because mm-hmm. then it was, wow, if God says I'm all these things and has shown me how to walk in that, then I need to do my part and mm. and not feeling the obligation or the guilt that comes with it because that's not God. Like guilt doesn't come with, oh, I didn't have my quiet time today. If it does, then God check your heart and realize that that's, that could just be the enemy too, mm-hmm. being making you feel even bad about God. Um, but yeah, I these classes like were so mind-blowing to me just like even the first corinthians seeing how paul was with the isthmus game and even watching that video of the guy who walked in corinth and and all those things that was amazing and opened up the bible in a whole new way that i had never experienced i've always read the bible i've always read about those things but to see it and then to know well like wow they're they're dealing with all the things that we are dealing with today, and we might be 10 times worse today, but they actually seem pretty close to how we are today, <laughs> maybe just minus a few genders. But I, I, it was just crazy to me. I think God was always the same in that way. He dealt with that the same way he's going to deal with us today, and that's with love, but sometimes Love is tough. <laughs> yeah. Get an amen from my old football coach in his grave. Oh. He used to talk about tough love. Yeah. And there's there's a legitimate place for that. And it uh, is. here we, we talk about uh, Ephesians four fifteen, speaking the truth in love. Mm-hmm. And that's a tough balance sometimes. But yeah. I, yeah. That I I think it's always a little mind blowing to people. They think somehow the. Um, the Bible was written in Victorian England mm-hmm. with these uh, these people all prim and proper and whatever was yeah. going on behind the scenes wasn't part of the Bible. And it's uh, it's as seedy as you can get. I oh, mean, there's yeah. things that happen. And what was going on in Corinth, you know, it could have been Las Vegas, exactly. really. It's just the same kind of thing. So I think that's always mind, yeah. mind-blowing or eye-opening, at least, to people. Of course. Um, what else? I'm trying to think of what else. What other classes do you remember taking? Because I'm, <laughs> I'm yeah, not sure. I, I don't remember what I taught. I took um, First Corinthians, Hebrews, oh, apologetics, 
personal evangelism. That was then, with John Strain, right? Mm-hmm. Who's we just saw him. This yeah, morning, right? I was not expecting to see him. It was nice to see him again. Yeah, and he's got his a uh, pretty new, newly launched ministry that he switched yes. over to called You Gotta Ask. Yes. And I'm really excited about what he's doing, too. That's a great one here in Boise. Yeah, super excited (laughs) for him, too. And just that question opens up so much. I I liked his uh, class a lot. It was very personal. Oh, neat. Yeah. Was was he using that some of the same material in the evangelism class? Um, I think so. I'm not... I can't remember because it's been so many years now. But he, he just... Put it in such a way that was like, wow, I could do this. It's not about the evangelism. It's about the witnessing. And just even being bold enough to ask one question could lead to someone's life being changed. Hmm. And I think it's a worth it question to ask. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. And then so you took that. You took... Um... Yeah. And then I've taken all the ones this semester. Uh, the Sport Faith Life. Oh, that yeah. This yep. uh, That previous spring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which was really, it was really a discipleship class. Yeah. Um, it was, you know, Christian discipleship. Is what, I just really took it because you were teaching it, <laughs> <laughs> honestly. Well, what, what do you remember from the class that you took away from this, this last semester? Yeah. No, this last semester was super powerful for me. As we've had previous conversations about um, just Dallas Willard's book, Revolution of Character, um, transformed my life I think as processing now where I am right now that class for me was the overall theme uh, was Ellie when are you going to stop justifying your behavior and your ways and your will and just follow me and it was a really hard thing in my heart because I wanted to continuously do my will, follow my flesh, do just that rebellion. It's it's always there. We always want to do what we want, but it's having to weigh the cost. Is God actually worth it? And then as a Christian, how much are you actually willing to follow God? And that was a big question for me. Um, and I started questioning everything. I started asking myself, like, is God actually real? Like, is this the God that I want to follow? Um, what about other religions? I don't know about that. And then God just... I, I was in a really low point for a few months. And well, there was a moment in class yeah. where you opened up to the class. Yes. And just, yeah, it seemed like there was there was a slight hesitation, and then all of a sudden he's like, you know what, I'm going to go here. Yeah. And we're going to talk about how discouraged I am or whatever. Yeah. And however you you know phrase it at the time. Yeah. T- it, talk about that moment. Because I feel, I, my remembrance, my memory is that the class responded they stepped up and responded pretty graciously is that yes oh it was so wonderful and like yeah your class was just such a safe vulnerable place I don't I wouldn't just normally open up like that to just any group of people um and so for me yeah I just was at a low point like it didn't feel like a desert like I'm used to deserts but this one had just continuously pursued longer and longer and I just was dead. I I was good, getting to the point where I knew that if I kept thinking about this anymore, I'm going to start getting into weird stuff and really leave God. Um, even if it wasn't like I left God, it was, God, here you are on the sidelines. I'm going to go do my own thing. Mm-hmm. And a part of that might just have been this, what I wanted. You know, I, 
I've stayed away from so much that I finally was almost at a breaking point of that rebellion that I wanted to do of maybe like, God, why can't I experience worldly things just once? Every person I know has done it. Why can't I? Mm. And I think that's why people go to other religions. And that was kind of what I started thinking about. People go to other religions or have their other things because they don't want to grow. They don't want to change the way that they behave. And so, yeah, when I opened them in class, everyone just reacted so kindly of just being like, Elliot, it's going to be okay. You're allowed to think about those things. You're allowed to go through that. And it just made me feel like I wasn't going crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was powerful. I, I wasn't hearing what I wanted to hear, which was just go for it. But <laughs> it stopped That's not me. our standard party line no. here at the Biblical Study Center. <laughs> uh-huh. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. But yeah, it was such a powerful thing. And so as we continue to progress throughout the class, Dallas, Dallas Willard's book just completely wrecked me. It was week by week, exactly where I was at, his chapter in the book called me out. And Mm. it was such a painful conviction, but in the best way, because I knew it was time to change. And I feel like I finally have stepped into being a woman of God instead of a child, a little girl of God. Mm. And I just... I know in my life, like, I, I know what I'm looking for now. I I have my motivation back. I'm walking in the potential God has for me again. I'm no longer feeling depressed. I'm no longer having the struggles that I once did throughout my testimony and, and things like that. So it was really, I mean, just everything from bodily image, giving your life, uh, your body as a sacrifice to God, to... Ellie, what is your will? What is God's will? Do they align? Um, Because you can only have one will. Two, peace comes from trusting God with the outcome. I mean, I can't even tell you. I have, every time anxiety comes up for me, I say that and it goes away. Hmm. I have not been anxious almost at all. That's aligned right from his book. Peace comes from trusting God with the outcome. Best quote of that entire book. It's Hmm. just, if you're anxious, repeat that because you don't have to overthink every scenario that can happen anymore. It's just, oh, I can give that up. Oh, Mm. I don't have to worry about it anymore because peace comes from trusting God with the outcome and God knows what's going to happen and it's going to work out. That, that what you're describing is relinquishing control. And so are you trying to say that you're someone that wanted to be able to control things? I didn't even realize that's what that was, Bill. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I am a huge control freak. I like, because my life has been so out of control, the, the little things that I can grasp control in is great. Mm-hmm. Um, except releasing it is even better because... God's in control, and then you don't have to worry. Mm. <laughs> so what? So in that time, so as you've grown through that in the spring, I mean, here we are. This is July. This is mm-hmm. the summer. So these are, in some ways, very recent. Yeah. Lessons you've learned. What's that like to relinquish that control and release it and say, "I'm going to trust." I mean, are there differences in outcomes that you notice, or is it just? I mean, is yeah. it, is it, is, are you seeing different results or is it more just you're getting, you never had to worry about the results in the first place and you mm. are more free inside? I mean, how, yeah. how's that been for you? Like mental health wise, been so much better. I just, yeah, I feel so much more carefree. 
like I'm I'm caring about the things that God wants me to care about and not the things that don't actually matter. Mm. Like it doesn't matter what outfit I wear because someone might think this and that this could be spilt on it and whatever the heck my shoe could break. You know, it's like all those things that don't actually matter um, just have gone away. And yeah, God, I notice that I've been able to do so much more with my time, my energy. I've been more disciplined in my life. And part of that is just where God's taking me in my life right now too. But it had to start with getting control of anxiety. Like I can't even tell you, I just had a conversation with someone even the other day where they're just like, yeah, anxiety's just always been a part of my life and I'm just okay with that. And I've never understood that mindset because that's just never been who I am. But I hate it with a passion when people just are saying, yeah, I'm just okay with that. That's just how it is. That is not the God that I know. That is not what God has for you. And if you don't think like that God has freedom for you in anxiety and depression and all these things that you struggle with, like for me, lack of discipline. I could stay in bed, watch TV all day. I can't do that anymore. And I was just doing it a few weeks ago. Mm. And I physically cannot. It bores me. It's the worst. God can change any smallest part of you. And Mm. God cares about the anxiety and the depression because those aren't traits that God has for us. Wow. That's really powerful. I, I think what's interesting is this. Here you have a high control person who's got a will of her own, apparently, and uh, maybe just a few <laughs> wants to do what she wants. And yet, here, here's the dichotomy: you just said you are, you feel carefree, mm-hmm. and yet at the same time, you're talking about having a singular focus on serving God. And and what we've we just talked in the foyer downstairs uh, earlier today. You were um, you were talking about the pretty serious mission I, to the point where I wanted to go. Hey, you don't have to conquer the world here. Just <laughs> lighten up and chill out. And yet, those are energizing to you now, mm-hmm. and you also feel carefree. Mm-hmm. So you basically, in some ways, you've taken the weight of the world on your shoulders <laughs> to earn two doctorates and 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 be a you know get to take the mission field to wherever and. Yeah. And yet you feel carefree. How, how does that, how do those work together? I think it's because I, it's having to let go, knowing that I can't accomplish that. When you have a vision that you can accomplish, it must not be God's vision because God gives you visions that seem impossible mm-hmm. because if it's impossible, you can't do it without God. Mm-hmm. So if you can do it without God, rethink your vision. So that's where it's been like, okay, I have all these visions, all these dreams. I want to do all these things. And my maybe none of them will even happen. I don't know. But God's continued to confirm them. So for me, relinquishing control has been knowing that I can't do it without God. So I'm not even going to try. If God wants me to get two doctorate degrees, then he's going to have to pull his weight and get me through it. And if he needs me to have a 4.0, he's going to have to help pull his weight and help me do it because I'm not going to do it without him. (laughs) So just being able to completely just say, okay, that's an awesome dream, God. I am passionate. I am on board. I'm going to do my part and I'm going to do it well because if I can do it well, 
that's showing the most glory to you. Mm. I should always be showing God's glory in everything I'm doing. And if I'm doing it at 50%, I'm only giving God 50% glory. Mm. But some days, you know, my 100% might only look like 50%. So taking the balance to take care of yourself too, doing what you can, but always going in with, okay, God, today is for you. I'm going to give you the glory and just giving it up to him because I can't control people's hearts. I have no idea how to start what I want to do. I am not qualified right now with how I want to do. So like all these dreams, I'm like, that's so much further down the road, but I'm okay with that. Hmm. Released, not my burden to carry. Well, that's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. I, I wish, uh, I wish this weren't just auto audio so people could see your face, just total (laughs) lit up radiating joy, uh, just fun to be in the same room with. So, Thank you. And I was just thinking, you know, you should market some of what you're talking about right now. If you could say that and that could wake someone up, their alarm clock, that would be worth a lot. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> to, have, to, have, to have Ellie saying, saying, come on, don't give, 100%, don't give 50%. <laughs> give 100% to oh, God's glory today. It's so you know, good. Get up out. It, maybe, or maybe I could have it attached to my coffee maker. Maybe that'd be a nice, <laughs> happy medium. <laughs> my, my 100% someday still requires me snoozing my alarm three times. <laughs> That's I, good to hear. I, I can't always do that. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, um, I'm thinking specifically about uh, you know you you've got a path that you're on, and you know we're we're a ministry that's right here, mm-hmm. virtually on the BSU campus. Yeah, yeah. And the primary, if you want to call it, target is our BSU students. We're trying to come alongside mm-hmm. them and help them with their education. They're getting a uh, a state-run education that yeah. we can basically add. Uh, a, a certificate of biblical studies too, yeah. which you know that's that's like the equivalent of a college minor in Bible, which yeah. some people may or may not want, but um, but we're alongside them to help them. Now you're you are have come through here, you have yet to take a class at BSU, mm-hmm. and you've taken classes at other places, and now you've got another career path that you're, you know, this is kind of a touch and go, if you'll pardon yep. the pun. So tell me what what's next for you? Yeah, so I just. Joined the military, waiting to enlist um, Idaho National Guard, and I'm going to be a paralegal with them. Um, and I'm very, very excited because that helps me towards my goals. And um, even though the wait's been long, just seeing that when I went forward, it wasn't helping me towards my goals, but God shutting doors and making me wait helped open doors that helped me to what God has, which is wonderful. But yeah, waiting to ship out to basic training soon, and uh, then I'll just be in Idaho um, working and hopefully still taking classes. I want to be involved with the BSC, and um, I want to find strong community and and things that I I feel like I'm in a season ready to pour into people. I want to find a place where I can pour into people as well. Um, even if right, oh, I just hit the microphone. But even if it's just a place where I can, um, even on this podcast, like today, like this is pouring in to people. Yeah. Even Good. if I don't know, because next week you're taking over. Oh, perfect, <laughs> perfect. I'm ready. I'm ready. Um, but yeah, just knowing that even if I said nothing, or even if it only affected one person, that's the best that I can do 
I'm right. so excited for that because this has just, it's so many passions of mine, but the BSC has helped me unlock passions and and get that worldview I've been seeking mm. to help me stay on track. And I think it's so important. And I'm glad I went when I was younger, when I was 16, because people don't realize the harsh realities of college so often. And so when you're a Christian and you're ready to have freedom away from your parents, but then you go to college and everyone's drinking and doing drugs and sleeping around, and that's just the norm. It's so easy to go away from God. And I, I think also we live in a culture where nobody wants to be set apart. And so I really, if if being set apart is important to you, because it was for me, I, I, I want people to see that I love Jesus because I'm not doing all those things to open up room for them to ask, why aren't you doing that? Mm-hmm. Because for me, I love to answer, I don't want to do that. <laughs> it's not appealing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I want people, like, coming here was such a good way for that. Um, just building that foundation, that worldview of keeping me connected with other Christians and mm-hmm. having the fellowship, even if I didn't get it anywhere else. Because really for me, this was my only place of fellowship for mm-hmm. a very long time. So you've built some friendships here at the center? Oh yeah, for sure. I love every like everyone in our last class, still keep in contact with. I see them all the time and I love them deeply. And so I just know that... Um, it's going to only get better from there. And then, yeah, when we start up lunches again, I mean, you can have conversations with who knows how many different people, and it's just a wonderful place to connect and grow, really. Right. Oh, boy, that's a good one. Wow, I wonder where I heard that from. <laughs> Put that on the bumper sticker. Oh, perfect. Oh, we'll have the T-shirts, won't we? <laughs> yes. Thank you for helping design those T-shirts. Yeah. And uh, your thumbprint will be here even while you're <laughs> off at basic training. Yeah. But you are signed up. You're signed up for all the classes yep. coming up this fall, which makes me nervous, but <laughs> that's a lot. So what are the classes that you're signed up for? Yeah, um, I signed up for Romans, your class, and I'm super excited Woo-hoo. about that. Now, that's a book in the... The New Testament, New Testament. right? Okay. written by Paul, Okay. Oh, I yes. think. Yes, Heard that one. Good. Yes, right be- after Acts. Okay. Yes. Ooh, that's impressive. Thank you. Okay. Um, Royal Rangers. <laughs> yes, or Christian school, one of them. Um, and then I'm taking... Uh, Mental Health and Christianity, um, and I'm super excited about that one. Kent is an awesome professor yeah. as well. Kent Has, Del Jose and I yeah. went through our doctoral program at Talbot together. Oh, wonderful. And I always love that uh, he, he was the he was the first one done <laughs> that makes with, sense. with his with his uh, program. And I, as one untimely born, <laughs> for for reasonable reasons actually, not just I wasn't just a slacker, but for for there was some timing issues involved. But I was, I think, the last one for <laughs> had to get an extension and that. But hey, we both came through it. But he he's Works. just an outstanding guy. He's been through it. Yeah, he understands anxiety and depression. Yeah, um, and he understands his own type A nature. And so, like a true person who has to go through anxiety and depression in recovery on his own. Um, he wrote a book about it. <laughs> that's Wonderful. your that's your that's your classic type A yes. you know, person. But I I I may you may see me in there. I might sit in there, and my wife might be there too. Cause Wonderful. Because I honestly I want to learn, and that's a day class that I yeah. could, uh, you know, kind of 
slip into, and I'll be in there at least part of the time. That'll be before, that's Thursdays, and that'll mm-hmm. be before our student lunches. Yeah. And then, uh, are you signed up for the class after lunch, too? Yeah, with uh, Tim Gordon. Okay. Yeah, the the theology of the afterlife. Mm-hmm. I haven't been with Tim yet, but I've heard good things about yeah. his classes, and um, I'm excited because the afterlife, that's such a an important topic and we really don't go over it much in church. Like we really don't talk about it. And I like, I know where I'm going. I know I'm going to heaven. I know I'm going to be with Jesus, but like we never talk about hell and I want to know like, Mm -hmm. what is hell? Is it just eternal separation from God? Is it a place who, who's going there? How does God decide that? Like I have a bunch of questions. Mm. And so I'm excited to dig into that and actually, view heaven and hell yeah, um, yeah, for what they are. Well, Tim is a guy, uh, he's one of the most thorough students and scholars that I know. He will, mm-hmm. he will cover every angle and he'll have it all on a nice handy, you know, Perfect. chart with a handout. You'll go, Oh, I see. I see. I see. That's so awesome. that'll, that'll be great. He'll do, a, you know, that'll be a really enriching class for you. And then are you going to be doing Monday nights as well? Yes, untying the knots of the heart. Okay. Ooh, I am so nervous about that one. Really? You're nervous. I I feel very expectant of what God is going to do through that class. And uh-huh. I already know healing is going to come, and I'm excited for it. I'm claiming it. Let's go. Let's get another layer off. I'm ready for it. But it's always so scary. But... I is it the be just being vulnerable or being no what is it I you know I'm a very vulnerable person I probably share too much in my open book with people um but it's it's now digging deep I I'm not sure what it is about this time because normally I'm not afraid but I've gone through so much healing in the past two years now where I hadn't gone through much in the past of my life Mm -hmm. and so now knowing pain comes with that but mm. it's such wonderful pain. And I think people get so scared to go through healing because it's painful and they can't look into it anymore. But I always say that if God is bringing it up, he must think you're ready to deal with it. And so God's bringing it up. I'm preparing myself to be ready to deal with it. And he's been going through stuff with me even now. And I, I just still feel very expectant and I'm I'm wanting healing what I'm looking forward to is the freedom. Hmm. I know freedom comes from being healed and allowing God to go in those deep hurts. So it's not being afraid anymore. It's just like, okay, God, you can deal with this pain. I already feel it. I can sense there's some walls I've put up and and hurts that I've dealt with even in this last year. Mm -hmm. You can have it. I don't want it anymore. Take it away. But that also requires me going through the process of yeah. refining, which can suck. <laughs> well, I, I think uh, I understand the nerves, but from my side of it, too, I, I want to say there's there's nothing to be afraid of, and really, and, and if if you're anxious or you know you're fearful about just the process, you know, it's like getting yeah. that booster shot. It's gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt. You exactly. Know, then it's over before you know it, but. It, to me, it's one of the most fascinating and enriching things you can do. You're talking yes. about really one of their key components of that class is um, the the notion that we our, our very language, our understanding of terms mm-hmm. has been so 
shaped by our family of origin and our upbringing yeah. that we are off in our definitions or semantic mm. range of a term. So grace or unconditional love, what we think they mean, well, it's almost like we've been given the wrong labels for colors. Mm. You know, if you ever think about that, giving, I used to wonder that as a kid, say, well, does orange <laughs> look the same to everyone? <laughs> and, uh, or, or is it, or is it just we all just know what it looks like to us, and we all call that orange, you know? So mm. how, and is that is that how it is with, with grace mm. and with unconditional love? That's and, good. and what happens is that what we think of instinctually, not rationally so much, but but our gut reaction, uh, is usually off, and it can have been shaped by mm. uh, our family of origin, and uh, and that's part of it. And the other part is the conviction that. Healing comes in community, yeah. Um, and it's got to be a safe community. So that class, they up the ante. You, they're, you really, you can only miss. Um, uh, I think they allow you to miss two classes the entire mm-hmm. semester. But really, they encourage, please don't, unless yeah. you're, you know, you're out of town at your, you know, a funeral or something like that. Yeah. And there's two Saturday intensives where they go almost the whole day. I mm-hmm. think it's like eight to three or something. Uh, because they want really, they want to complete the circuit of the mm. the curriculum, and it's really so a package good. deal. So, but I think you'll come out if you want friends and, and connections oh, in yeah. there. You'll come out with with a whole another group of that of oh, yeah. those kind of friends. And I have it just as as uh, as of today. I got a text that uh, Barry Watts is going to sit in with Tim oh, this wonderful. this uh, time too, and I don't. I don't know who the woman facilitator is going to be in that course as of today, but I, I need to find that out. Mm-hmm. But that's going to be a great combo to have them there together. I yes. mean, if you want wisdom and expertise and uh, love and acceptance, you're going to get all those. So Super exciting. Well, uh, you have sat down and you've just been that open book, which I love. <laughs> um, but what, what would you say? There's an incoming freshman. Mm-hmm. Coming, showing up on campus, they're waffling about whether they want. They don't maybe aren't convinced they even want to follow God right now. Mm-hmm. What What would you say to them? And is there, I don't know, what 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 kind of a role could the BSC play in a mm-hmm. life like that? Oh, that's good. I mean, f- for me, one thing that I always tell myself before I go do something is that. What I do today is not going to just affect me. It's going to affect my family, my friends, and my future generation, my relationship with God, and it will affect your heart. It's going to affect you greatly. So before doing anything stupid, I would definitely recommend asking yourself that and then weighing the cost. What what decision do you want that on your future child? If that's the biggest thing you do, do you want that on your future child? Um, But the BSC, I think, is a great way to escape the secularism of the campus, of just you're you're getting fed so much garbage sometimes and just lies in a worldview that really doesn't align with God's word. And I read something today in that Boundaries and Dating book that said, um, silence is compliance. And it was so good because I realized that if we, and even the ratio 
Christie guy. Yeah, yeah we just he met was, with him this morning. Yes, and he was talking about how he wants more speakers, more voices to be heard. And I think that's so important because when you're silent, you're automatically complying and saying, yes, I, I'm okay with this stance. And it's, it goes that even if we vote for someone, if you don't vote, you're automatically complying to one side or another. Mm. So I think it's it's interesting too. But yeah, I think the BSC for me has become a place where I can get the escape, get fed, get that growth in God that you can't always get in church either because um, you, you really don't learn through all one book at church, really. You, you don't go through the depth, really, in most places, or you don't get the apologetics class. I mean, I went to church from the time I was born to today, and I had never heard of apologetics until I came here. The um, pastor didn't preach the, the uh, no. Kalam cosmological argument? No, my, <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, and so just those are those things where I'm, I'm realizing more and more, why aren't we talking about them in church? Hmm. But then I guess if we're not, then I'm going to go find out places where I can grow deeper and deeper and deeper with God and build the relationship and the fellowship I'm seeking, we are still the church here. Mm -hmm. We're still the church. And with all the connections and all the campus ministries you have going on here, it's just a wonderful way to get connected to other Christians who are pursuing the Lord and growing. And the classes bring the worldview, Mm -hmm. the worldview that we are so desperately seeking and needing on colleges, campuses, all throughout our nation and over everywhere even Mm. in the christian college campuses so yeah um yeah well thank you for taking the time and being open and thank you for continuing to to serve you're still going to be here you're going to be uh helping out uh put together um uh some uh uh, packets handouts for our board meeting tonight and you're you're just gonna be slaving away (laughs) so thank you for that and uh i look forward to um, we, we might have to have a part two of this uh, at some point here, like we're going to want to hear about uh, basic training yeah. and uh, some of that fun stuff. So, yeah. well, Ellie, a pleasure, and I look forward to uh, talking again. And thank you for sharing today. Yes, thank you, Bill.